to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket, and uh, we're joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, as we are every Wednesday at this time. Evan, how's your day going? Doing all right. It's actually, you know, warm outside, so adjusting to that, but it's all good. Yeah, it's uh, you don't get you don't really get the in between. It's either raining for four days straight or it's ninety degrees. So that's a kind of an adjustment. But I guess you get you get what you ask for. Yeah, we go from yeah forty five or whatever to to ninety five. So you know, this weekend hopefully we can find a happy medium. <laughs> Schizophrenic weather, bro. That's that's just the deal that you have to deal with there in Nebraska. And I like to play golf, and I hate it because of the wind. But you know, you just got to deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's easy for you to say, right, Strick, from where from where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, I suppose we'll take it. <laughs> How's uh, we obviously know the the Husker baseball season uh, hasn't uh, gone as they wanted to. Uh, can you kind of recap what happened this last weekend and what it's going to take now for them to get to the Big Ten uh, championship games uh, there, or excuse me, championship tournament? I should say there in Omaha. Yeah, I mean it was a disappointing weekend there's no doubt about it i mean you you go down you go up to minnesota and that's the last place team in the big 10 you think sweeping is 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 realistic and at the bare minimum you want to win that series and um you know had nebraska done that they'd be sitting sixth or seventh in the big 10 right now and instead they dropped two out of three and they're you know in in a in a tie for ninth essentially and fighting an uphill battle but you know, they it started off promising last Friday. They they kind of run away with it. You think this is how maybe the weekend's going to go. They're leading eight to five in the eighth inning of game two, and and you know, the winning a series is just within reach. And then that thing gets away with an error in the eighth, and they lose in extras. And then on Sunday, they just didn't have the offense to back a pretty good outing from Jackson Brocken. So it's, that's sort of been the, the theme for this team for a lot of the year has been, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. I mean, again, the defense lets them down at, at some points. Um, the offense doesn't show up for long stretches. Generally the pitching has been good enough, but it just hasn't had enough support. And so, you know, they, they're just, they haven't found a way to overcome that when all three pieces are are not clicking at the same time and so what it does now is it puts them in a situation where as you said you got to make the top eight in the in the standings to make the postseason tournament in Omaha and right now Nebraska's on the outside looking in they're uh, a game behind Purdue there's like essentially five teams fighting for those last two spots in my eyes and you know it, it's going to come down to they're going to be tiebreakers involved most likely and uh, there's still so many scenarios here with two weekends left. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what Nebraska would need to do. But I think if you go, you know, three and three or four and two, that gives you a chance to get some other breaks and to have some things go your way. And obviously you do more than that and you increase your chances of making the tournament. Um, and in history, as we said before, would tell you that if you finish right around 500, you're going to be in the conversation to make that tournament, even if it's as an eight seed. So, um, you know, it sounds simple, right? Win a couple of series and you're probably right there in the conversation. But as Nebraska has shown, 
They just haven't been trustworthy to carry over a good performance from one day or one week to the next. Evan, that that's I, I really want to hone in on what you just said because the underlying message for what you just spoke on has been a consistent theme from the fall to the winter and now into the spring. And what that consistent theme is, is there's no consistency. It just seems to be one thing, right? It's 30 minutes of basketball play, 10 minutes of uh, of drought, a 15-0 run, a 12-0 run. You can't put it in the basket. Football, you're in the game, you're winning the game. You just need to punt the ball down and you can't even do that. Or you fumble the ball or <laughs> it's just all these little things that seem to happen. And it's just not a consistency across the board where all things are put together and you see sparks and, and little flashes of it. But what is it in the water out there in Nebraska right now? Is it something hmm. in the Missouri that's going on that's causing this inconsistency? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. I mean, and you're right. It's It's gone from sport to sport, especially on the men's side. And I suppose, you know, the way I, I would start to think about it is thinking about last year's baseball team that won the Big Ten. And their theme all year was, we don't care. And they, they were, there were scheduling inequalities about that season, and they overcame it. There were, um, you know, mistakes that they would make in the game, and they just it didn't bother them. They, they uh, prevailed, they persevered, and they won anyway. And it feels like that's sort of been the thing with uh, a lot of the men's side sports, especially where, you know, one thing goes wrong and you think, "Uh Oh, here we go. You know, this is the start. This is where it turns. And, you know, we've just seen that a lot in a lot of the different sports. And certainly with baseball, that's the way it is where, you know, you you have a quick one, two, three first, and and maybe you go in order in the second, you think, Oh boy, it's going to be hard to score any runs. And then it's probably easy to press as a, as a pitcher and, a, and as a defense, knowing you don't have a ton of margin for error and it just sort of snowballs. And, um, you know, I think maybe one of the reasons for, for that inconsistency, and, and I suppose this is a common thread across those sports too, has been just uh, the relative youth, you know? I mean, if you haven't been in those spots before, especially at the college level, uh, it's easy to let things get away where, where you have, you know, you show something good and stretches and then, it turns on you, and I don't think it's any coincidence where, especially right now in baseball season, you look at the best teams in the league. It's Rutgers and Maryland. Those teams are veteran-laden with, with guys who have been there before, who are not rattled, who might lose a game and don't let it snowball into two or three. And that was Nebraska last year, where they had guys who just were cool as cucumbers, and they um, you know, didn't let circumstances change what they were doing. And I think that's the thing they're fighting right now. And, and maybe this is something that'll pay off for them in a year or two as some of these young guys gain experience. But man, right now it does kind of continue this trend where other aspects of the team are not able to pick up the people that fall short in a given game. And it's leading to this record now where Nebraska still is yet to be over 500 at any point this spring. Uh, now, I guess officially we can't say that Rutgers and Maryland additions never paid off for anything in the Big Ten now that they're on top of the schedule, <laughs> or excuse me, on top of the standings. Uh, I'm kind of interested about the, this Big Ten tournament. Let's just say things don't turn around and Nebraska doesn't make uh, the tournament at Charles Schwab Field. Would you expect to see uh, too much? Uh, you know, obviously that's going to put a damper on the, the, the attendance there. Would you expect to see much at all at Charles Schwab Field? And, and what does that mean for maybe Omaha being the host site in the future? 
Well, I'd like to say that people would still show up because it's a it's a cool event, and you know it's not the SEC tournament or or some of your bigger power leagues, but there are players there every year that you see on major league rosters down the road. I mean, um, you know, Kyle Schwarber was the obvious one. Max Meyer from Minnesota a few years ago, he's on the doorstep of the majors right now with the Marlins organization. And um, so it's a cool event, but you know, I think all you got to do is go back to 2018 when Nebraska didn't qualify for the event in Omaha and, and remember that it really, it wasn't very well attended. I don't have the specific numbers in front of me, but it was way down from when Nebraska's in the field. And I believe uh, that was the year Iowa made a pretty decent run. And so they they got some walk-up crowds toward the end of that uh, particular event. But, um, you know, I don't think that it changes Omaha's stance on hosting. Obviously the, the restaurants and the, the, the folks around the area would prefer that Nebraska were there. But, um, you know, there's there's a contract, I think, for a number of years still for the event to be held in Omaha. Prior to that, it was at Indiana for one year, and they've had it at Target Field in Minneapolis, and that felt too cavernous. And so they've had it at different spots, and it feels like, you know, Charles Schwab Field in Omaha could be that long-term home for them. But again, it definitely changes things when the host school isn't there and uh, there's time to turn that around. But, you know, again, a lot of things have, a lot of things have to break just right. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense and they've been going to Omaha for the last several years for this, but I mean, that's kind of like every baseball's uh, team's dream or part of their mantra is somewhere, you know, in their locker room or something is uh, how many miles from Omaha? How are you getting to Omaha? So kind of makes sense to, to do it there in my mind, but that's pretty exciting. What did you, what did you read from the, uh, the Dylan Riola commitment uh, to Ohio state, uh, obviously making some Nebraska fans feel uh, some type of way about it, but more than anything, I was just kind of surprised that he did it so early. Well, yeah, I mean, in the typical sort of timeline of recruiting, those quarterbacks at that level tend to wait another year. Um, you know, that's that's just sort of generally how it's done. So I suppose it was maybe a little bit surprising that he decided to pull the trigger when he did with, with so much time left to go. But, you know, at the same time, if you love what you see and there's that connection there um, and you want to just stop getting the phone calls and sort of shut down your process a little bit, you can kind of understand maybe why he would do it there. Um, you know, from a Nebraska perspective, it's not shocking that he didn't continue the courtship with the Huskers. I mean, there's, there's the obvious connections with his uncle on staff and, and being a legacy kid. Um, but when you're that good, I mean, when you're the top rated kid and you're in, in the entire country in that class and you can go anywhere, um, you know, what reason does Nebraska have to expect to be in that conversation? I mean, let's be real. They haven't, been to a bowl game now in, in many years. There's not an, an obvious uh, maybe indicator that things are going to turn sharply in the near future. And so your pitch uh, is what? Is is being that guy to turn it around? Is, hey, you can hang out with your uncle some more. Hey, you're a legacy kid. Your dad was an All-American here. I mean, those things are great, but um, you know, kids want to win. They want to be uh, around high level guys. And, and right now let's, let's be, you know, let's just be real. That's Ohio state has a lot more of that to offer than Nebraska does. So I don't think people are, are necessarily shocked by that. Probably a little disappointed, probably uh, not thrilled at the prospect of potentially going up against Dylan Rayola at quarterback in the years to come. But, you know, again, things can change and, and quarterbacks move and, and coaching staffs change and the transfer portal is a thing. 
So you never say never, but uh, certainly it's maybe if nothing else, it's sort of a reality check about where Nebraska is as a program as it seeks to, you know, attract some of these top level national targets. Uh, one final question for you, Evan, too, regarding uh, kind of the football discussion. Um, there's so much influx, obviously, going on with the, with the everything in, in the transfer portal and the NCAA legislation and all that stuff behind it. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting. The ACC is considering going divisionless and basically um, setting it up one way or the other where you have like three or two opponents that you play every year and then rotate the other ones, the re- you know, on, on, a, on every other year. Um do you see that as a, as something that could help the Big Ten? Obviously, there's an imbalance between the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. Um, do you think that the Big Ten should consider limiting divisions as well? Well, first of all, I think that all the power conferences should be on the same table or on the same uh, you know same wavelength with that. I don't think the ACC or the uh, the SEC being at eight and the Big Ten being at nine is the way to go. I mean, when when that when the Big Ten decided to go to to that to extra game a few years ago, it was with the idea that strength of schedule would play a bigger factor than it ended up being. And, and the SEC rightly discerned that the, the, the idea of being undefeated or having a better record would, would make a difference uh, and, and be more um, favorable to the committee's eyes than maybe playing a, a tougher schedule. And so, um, you know, I think that's the first thing is like get everyone on the same page, but if you're the big 10, and the teams that you're competing against for spots in the college football playoff are playing eight conference games, and I think that's something you have to consider. And, you know, one of the reasons the Big Ten went to nine as well was for TV inventory, and you can uh, get more from networks if you have better games to offer. And so that's, you know, I think a factor in why we're talking about a billion-dollar TV deal coming up here soon. Um, but... You know, again, I think you need to be on the same the same playing field. I, the Big Ten is such an interesting league because of the imbalance between the East and the West, where you can you know point to three or or even four teams on the East side that are contenders for the league every year, and on the West, it's you know it's what it's been Wisconsin and maybe Iowa. And so if you if you balance that out, I think maybe the one of the hesitations would be. You know, do you really want to set up a, a scenario where Ohio State and Michigan would play each other on consecutive weekends uh, if those were the top two teams for the Big Ten title? I, I think you want to avoid that however however possible. And so, you know, there, there's a lot to work through there. Who, who do you keep as uh, crossover games if you keep anybody? Um, you know, for some teams, that's going to be a lot more difficult. So, uh, again, I think probably if you're the Big Ten, priority number one has to be how are you going to be the most competitive on a national level. And then beyond that, you can start figuring things out and what makes sense for the individual schools. And it's certainly interesting stuff considering, you know, the, the, the divisions are up to, you know, seven teams, you, you know, not too long ago, Nebraska was in the, I guess it was a long time ago now, but Nebraska was in the big eight. Uh, so divisions are as big as conferences were, you know, t- uh, t- 20, 30 years ago or whatever. But uh, in any case, uh, thanks again, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald for joining us today. Evan, have a great uh, rest of the day. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, there he goes. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. As he hangs up, it is your time to call in. 402-464-5685. Call in on the Honda of Lincoln hotline. Strick is uh, warming up. He's getting ready for shootout with Strick today. The theme is 2003, so he's going to look up his 2003 facts during the break. You do, too. And give us a call. 402-464-5685. The first one to do so will have a chance at $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rinks on Shootout with Strick. Coming up next on the blog.